Welcome to the Roadie Runback. I'm your host, Jeff Marone, and I have a great interview for you guys today. URI offensive coordinator and coach Patrick Murphy joins me today, and I'm happy to bring to you an RI sports-based podcast where we will deep dive into our local high school, college, and other athletic programs across our great state of Rhode Island. Here we go. Welcome to the Roadie Runback, episode six. I have a great interview for you guys today with offensive coordinator for URI Rams, Coach Patrick Murphy. Great interview with Coach Murphy. We talk about his how he got into football, his decision to stay in the coaching, and his outlook on the upcoming URI football season with everything that's going on with coronavirus and how they are handling the situation now. Great interview with Coach Murphy. I really hope you guys enjoy this one. Another And if you would like to watch the interview today, go to YouTube and search The Roadie Runback, and you should be able to watch uh, my interview with Coach Murphy. Great times with him. A lot of fun interviewing with him and talking about his career and everything. And you guys will definitely enjoy either listening or watching to this watching this episode. But before I get into the interview, you know how this how it's been going so far with everything that's going on. You know, we're going to talk we're going to talk college football. We're going to give you college football updates. Talk about pro basketball updates, pro uh, baseball, pro sports updates. But first, before we get into any of the pros of the college level, let's talk about high school. The RIL, the Interscholastic League, has released a statement about what they're going to do with fall sports. And as of right now, all four sports, all four fall sports, well, I will learn how to speak one day, um, are being played at this moment, um, except for football and volleyball. They're still trying to figure out how to handle the situation with the volleyball and the football, both being, you know, volleyball is not as much contact, but the ball is going through, touching everyone's hands, and, you know, football being the contact sport that it is, and the same thing, the ball is touching people's hands. Um, it's going to be interesting how they're going to handle the situation. I have been in contact with the Rhode Island Interscholastic League, and I'm hoping and hoping that I'm going to be able to get an interview with them and be able to talk to them about the decision and the upcoming decisions that they're about to make with, you know, the volleyball, the the football, and what they're going to do with those other fall, those other two fall sports while the other fall sports are being played. So it's going to be interesting. I really hope I can get in touch with them. I've been in, I've been talking back and forth, and hopefully I can get the director, the assistant director, on on the podcast eventually and hopefully upcoming, and that will just be a special episode release in itself. So at the moment, there is fall sports. Um, and we're going to see how it all plays out. Um, it looks like they'll probably be starting in October. And the school also school systems will be starting next week as well, too. So we'll see how everything goes with COVID and how it's going to be handled. Um, honestly, it's a tough situation for any any sport that's out there because there is no vaccine. We have no nothing and everyone knows this. So it's going to be interested how everything's handled. But in other news, let's jump into the college world. College football had started this past week. Um, still a big game to come up, BYU versus Navy, which is tonight uh, on a Monday night. So it should be interesting how that plays out and what happens. Um, you know, there are, it's been really weird watching college football and there isn't any, you know, your LSUs, your Alabamas, your your Michigans, no Big Ten, no Power Five conferences really playing. Um, kind of sad, honestly. It's weird to watch, you know, nothing against the other schools, but it's weird not being able to see you know, those bigger schools play and the hype behind the games and 
who's going to be running for the championship this year, who's going to make the playoffs and the arguments and everything. It's also weird in a sense that they're all just kind of playing at different times too. Um, if there is a pickup with any of the other conferences, it seems like each conference is its, its own state of mind. And it seems like the NCAAs is kind of letting them do what they want to do. Uh, which is really weird, I guess to say. I wish the NCAA kind of like met with all the conferences, and maybe they did, but kind of really set a hard date of when football was going to start because it's kind of nice to see everyone play around the same time. Maybe see that one team that has that undefeated season that sneaks into the uh, you know the top twenty-five or could make like a playoff or like you know your UCF. So it it kind of sucks that they didn't. It it's weird that they're all starting at different times of the year we'll see what happens i know michigan it was protesting with coach harbaugh with the student parent like the parents of the students um just trying to get the kids to play chanting let them play uh, <laughs> which i'm not surprised jim harbaugh's out there chanting that um with the students he's just a big football guy but i don't blame him it's it's just a weird it's a weird situation um it's weird how it's all gonna play out how we're all gonna see it play out what's gonna happen going forward where are we going to see college football if, like, you know, is everyone going to play at the same time? Are we going to have different start dates for everyone? Are we going to have, you know, some teams play in the spring? Are we going to have some teams play in the fall? How are we going to decide, like, an actual national champion? Or is it just going to be conference championships only? Yeah, it's it's just a weird, <laughs> it's just a weird time uh, with everything going on in the college football world. So we'll see how well this plays out and where this these stories develop. And then now let's just jump into the professional sports world. Tough if you're tough if you're a Celtics fan. Um, obviously, Celtics should be up 3-1. Uh, they're down. They're tied. Series tied 2-2. We'll see what happens tonight. NBA has been producing some great basketball ever since they've gotten back to league play. A lot of fun to watch. Um, you know, watch basketball again and watch these teams compete with each other and you know, Miami's really put a really put a buckle hold on the Bucks. The Bucks are in are in big trouble. Uh, the you know we got the Clippers, Nuggets, and that series tied one one, and the Lakers, Rockets are also tied one one. So it's been great basketball. I really would love to see, not to be biased, but I really love to see a, a Lakers versus Celtics in the finals. Uh, get that old vibe again. Bring back the the people to watch the game. A lot. Of, it'll be a lot of fun to watch this too. But I either way, I think whoever I think L A and both L A teams are gonna beat the crap out of each other if they meet each other in the semifinals. Um, and I think whoever it is, Miami and Boston is gonna be, or like Miami versus or Milwaukee, whoever comes out of that series versus the Celtics Raptors series is also gonna beat the crap out of each other. So I think we're just seeing really good basketball being played, and it's been a lot of fun to watch. And I can't wait to see um, what the outcomes come going forward and where the series is going to be and who's going to go to the finals. And it's been a lot of fun. Baseball is still rolling. I'm happy for baseball. You know, they had their early issues, but it seems like everything's going well. We also saw something weird where the Washington Nationals GM got kicked out of the game for not wearing a mask when he was 100 feet away from everyone. Um, from like He was standing like at the top of the stairs and... Um, in a, in a section and the umpire storm and kicked them out <laughs> so that was interesting i'm surprised that happened but you know i guess rules are rules and you gotta stick by the, that situation uh more important news we had the nfl coming out this week 
Uh, it's going to be really exciting to have NFL, NBA on at the same time. Uh, it's going to be interesting how it all plays out and how they handle the situation. Hopefully, we don't run into any early issues of like MLB ran into with the COVID issues. Um, you know, hopefully, players obey the rules and we can have a great, solid season with no makeup games, no nothing. Uh, just go right through week 16 all the way to the Super Bowl. It's also going to be interesting if there's going to be paid by. If, um, you know, we have the Super Bowl and there's still no fans, I wonder if they're going to do a pay per view Super Bowl. It could be that could happen. So who knows what's going to happen? Um, just a really excitement all around in the sports world. Um, you know, it's nice to have sports back. It's nice to have sports kind of take our mind off the craziness of what's going on in our worlds, um, work, you know, life. Period. It's nice to have that entertainment back in our in our lives, and you know we're very blessed every day to have these athletes out there playing, and um, just it's just exciting. It's just very exciting. It's gonna be awesome to have college football, uh, pro football, and NBA and MLB all going all at the same all at the same time. All four all four cylinders is running. It's gonna be awesome. It's it's a sports dream right there. But all right, that's enough of me talking. Let's get into the interview today with. Uh, URI's offensive coordinator, Coach Patrick Murphy. Awesome interview with Murphy, Coach Murphy. A lot of fun talking to him about his coaching career, his outlook at URI, and we talk a little NFL. So here is my interview with Coach Murphy. On today's uh, podcast, I welcome on Coach Murphy. He's the offensive coordinator of the URI Rams. Coach, how are you today? Doing great, Jeff. Doing great. Thanks for having me. No, of course, no problem. Thank you for uh, coming on the show and making time for uh, me and the, and the podcast. Um, Coach, first off, I want to ask, how are you holding up during these uh, these Corona times and uh, all this stuff going, yeah, going it's a, on? It's, a, it's obviously different for everybody. Uh, it's uh, a unique time, and uh, we're, we're doing the best we can. I I, I am uh, I have the coach's curse. I have three daughters, uh, so being the only male in the house at times can be trying. Uh, so I actually wound up getting a dog. We, it had been two years since our last guy passed away. And so I actually got a, a, a male, another male in the house in, in mid-May uh, to try to alleviate some of that stress. So we're doing all right. He and I, he and I are taking a lot of long walks. <laughs> there you go. That's, that's the best yeah. way to do it. <laughs> Get out of the house a little bit. Um, are, are your daughters like football fans by any chance? Like Yeah. They're, yeah. They're, they're huge sports fans. All, all three of them. Um, you know they they are uh, in a and this is a very positive uh, term. They are ferocious young ladies. They are extremely competitive. Uh, they grew up in a very competitive family. Uh, myself, my wife uh, was a was a very good athlete, and then uh, my brother was a Division one athlete as well. My brother, my sister in law. Um, was a Division two basketball player who was a very good player at the University of New Haven. Wow. Uh, my sister played basketball and volleyball in college. Uh, she also wound up coaching volleyball for for, for some time in college as well. Uh, so th- they really didn't have a choice. So, but but they're they're basically basketball, soccer year round. Uh, and then the youngest also runs track. Uh, made the nationals as a seventh grader a year ago. So. Wow, that's crazy! Yeah. So you got an athletic family. <laughs> yeah, so they, they they keep us busy, and uh, but yeah, they 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 are very very active at football games, and you know they enjoy it. That's awesome. Are they? Uh, are is the family competitive with each other? 
Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't really matter uh, what it is. Uh, board games, uh, horse, uh, you know, tiddlywinks, it, it really doesn't matter. Nobody nobody takes it easy on anybody, and it, it, that's just the way it's been since, since they were little. So. Oh, my God. That's crazy. That's awesome, though, that you had that, and you have that sports family, that competitiveness, and you know, you being a sports guy yourself, I want to ask you, Coach, like, how did you get into football? Uh, you know, as a player, uh, I was a, actually a heavier set kid growing up, so it, it took me a little bit longer to make weight and pop Warner, believe it or not. And, uh, you know, I was a basketball, baseball player, and actually was probably, my best sport was probably baseball at the time, uh, through high school, up, up until high school. Um but I just love the physicality, the contact. Uh, I could hit people not get, without getting in trouble. Uh, and uh, I was a fullback linebacker. Uh, and I enjoyed that part of it. And uh, I knew my sophomore year in high school, I was, on a, I was on running back on defense and on a fast break coming at me. And all I wanted to do was, was, uh, was drill the guy with the ball. And I was like, oh, well. You know, let's focus on more on this than, than basketball. There wasn't going to be much call for a 5'11", uh, you know, forward, you know, yeah, at, yeah. at college level. So <laughs> That's awesome. And, like, what was your, you know, your recruiting process like, and how did you decide on going to Northeastern? Uh, it was fairly unique. So I, I come from a very small town, um, Air High School uh, at the time uh, in Central Mass. And we weren't very heavily recruited, even though we, we were – uh, state title finalists, uh, my junior and senior year, um, had some D2, had some D3 schools, uh, take a look. And then I went to Bridgeton Academy, uh, which is a prep school. And uh, it's a one-year preparatory school um, in Bridgeton, Maine. And um, wound up being a captain there and played for a guy, Rick Marcella, who, who is still the head coach there. You know, has been a huge impact on my life. Um, and we were able to play, you know, Division One, Division Two, and Division Three schools when I was there. Yeah. So it was fairly easy, you know, to find where where did I fit? And uh, I, I, you know, a guy named Mike Borich, who was the receiver coach um, for Coach Barry Gallup, who was my head coach at Northeastern, came to Bridgeton for a recruiting, you know, trip. And the previous staff had recruited me as well. Um, but I liked Coach Borich quite a bit. Uh, we hit it off. Uh, he wound up going on to coach with the Bears, coach uh, as the OC at BYU. And, um, you know, it was, it was a pretty cool deal. But, that, you know, that's how I wound up there was um, Northeastern compared to, you know, being in Boston on Huntington Ave uh, compared to Air. Uh, you know, you've heard of one, one stoplight, one red light towns. We don't have a red light, you know, so we, we have one blinking yellow light uh, in air and Shirley combined. Uh, that's as busy as it gets. So I enjoyed being in Boston, being in the city. Uh, it was awesome. Yeah, so that's got to be a whole different experience from being in a, such a small town. But yeah, no, there's no question. I mean, I walked into my first class and uh, there was twice as many people in that in that first class than I had in my entire graduating class so it, it was uh it was a different deal <laughs> oh my god that's crazy and what, and when you got the northeastern you played three different positions uh, yeah, you were, it was actually more than that 
Really? Uh, <laughs> yeah. So I, what I equate people, you know, when people ask me about playing at Northeastern, uh, I was a jack of all trades, master of none. Uh, I was like, if you were in a leaky boat and you had chewing gum, you know, you you stick the chewing gum in the in the leak until something better comes along. Yeah. That was me. Uh, I was a tough kid. I was physical, and I was relatively bright, at least for for playing the game goes. Yeah. So anytime there was an an issue with a position, you know, I went there originally as a running back, played fullback. Uh, eventually, they moved me to tight end. We were a run and shoot team after my first year. We went from pro style yeah. to run and shoot. They didn't have tight ends. Then they felt that they needed a tight end in short yardage goal line situations. I had never played tight end before. They put they played me at tight end. Uh, and then I took snaps at linebacker. I took snaps at center. I took snaps at uh, in practice at center. And uh, same thing at D-tackle. So – um, you know, I practiced everywhere. And like I said, if they needed me, I was the chewing gum that could get them through whatever part of the game we were in. Oh my God. That's crazy. Yeah. You were just, you played every position that there was on the field. And what's like, what's that experience like? Just like being able to, you know, bring that into the coaching experience as well. Yeah. I mean, it, I played a different position every semester in college. I also had a different position coach every semester in college. Oh, man. Uh, so I was able to see uh, from firsthand experience the different coaching styles, um, was able to pick up, you know, I've always been able to pick up the game fairly quickly. Um, so I think it helped me as a coach. I think it really did. It helped me understand putting the team first, um, to help me understand uh, what it takes to study. Uh, when you get a crash course and you get told on Thursday, hey, we need you to play tight end. Uh, and then you have to get with the offensive tackles, go through that whole deal, get with the um, receivers coach, get go through all the pass game. Um, it, and we had some exceptional coaches. I mentioned Mike Borich, who unfortunately has passed away a couple of years now. Uh, but I had, you know, we had Barry Gallup, uh, who's the assistant AD at Boston College, who was our head coach. Um, Tom Lamb, who is a, um, a legend in Massachusetts, uh, most famous probably for coaching the Flutie brothers uh, oh. at Natick High School. Uh, a guy named Jim Turner, who's uh, been a great mentor to me over the years, who is uh, currently the Bengals offensive line coach. Wow. Uh, Doug Marone, I don't know if he's any any uh, relation to you. But <laughs> I wish. <laughs> Doug Marone was our offensive line coach uh, for a year. Uh, you know, a guy named uh, Joe Philbin, who was a former Dolphins head coach. Wow. Uh, yep. Joe Gilbert, who was the offensive line coach down at, at the Tampa Bay Bucks. Um, you know, on and on and on and on and on. Bob Shoup, who's coached at Penn State, was most recently defense coordinator at Mississippi State. Uh, Bruce Tall, who was a defense coordinator when I was there. Uh, so, I mean, Coach Gallup brought in a, uh, an amazing array of, of assistant coaches. And having been exposed to them, you know, I like to think some of that rubbed off on me. That's awesome. That's cool that you, like, know all these guys in that array of all these guys that you just mentioned. That's, like, that's, that's amazing. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, not related to Doug Marone. <laughs> Just one missing one ball, ball on that one. No. <laughs> Good. 
wish I was to call him up. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what was your decision to get into coaching and like, you know, and what's was, that transition like? Yeah, it was really supposed to be one year. And then I was either going to go to law enforcement or go to law school. Uh, it was supposed to be one year. And, um, and I remind her of this daily, my current wife, girlfriend at the time came to a spring practice that after that first season and, uh, her and her best friend watched the practice. And then afterwards she was like, uh, and I always remind her of this, uh, when she complains about the hours, um, you love doing this. You're really good at it. You should forget about anything else and just do this. Wow. So, you know, and then the, that, because I, like I tell people, I've never worked a day in my life. I mean, it's, uh, I, I get paid now to do what I used to get in trouble in class doing, which is drawing X's and O's and, <laughs> and uh, talking football. So it's, it's awesome. That's an amazing – and that's awesome they could do what you love and it's such an amazing job and they have that passion and was able to, like, carry forward with it. And then especially for your uh, – now you're now wife and girlfriend yeah. at the time to support it and be like this – and notice that. That's, that's also really cool. No question. But, yeah, yeah, <laughs> but what you know, with all the experiences and like where have you worked in the past? You know, you were at Bryant, Harvard, and like Holy Cross. Like what? And worked for all these different coaches. How do you bring that into your own coaching philosophy? Working under uh, different guys. Yeah, I mean, I think that's part of it. Um, you pick up pieces as you go. Yeah, and the biggest thing is to be yourself, uh, and you know, you form your own philosophies, you form your own ideologies, and those things change during the course of your career. Um, so it's, it's really about the more you learn, the better you become. And, and you're always taking and you're always borrowing pieces, you know, as you go. I mean, uh, working, you know, working with Jay Savetti at Tufts uh, was awesome. You know, he, he's got an entirely different approach than, than Tim Murphy at Harvard. Uh, you know, Jim Fleming in, in the six months I've been here has been lights out. I mean, yeah. he, he really, uh, from a football perspective, from a personal perspective, uh, is as good as it gets, uh, that I've been around in 25 years of coaching. He, he's been awesome. Uh, so I'm really happy, you know, about being here and, uh, seeing if we can, we can get this thing going and, and put some rings on some people's fingers. Yeah, that'd be awesome. That'd be yeah. great. It would be awesome to get, uh, URI football you know, on the map and like, you know, people attend like making URI at sports like big between the basketball and the football be, sure. a, be amazing. Um, and you know, what has your time been like being a part of the URI team? Uh, you know, obviously it's been a little, uh, you know, a little bit different than normal with, yeah, with yeah, the yeah. current situation. But, uh, you know, again, you win with people, uh, you win with coach, a good coaching staff. And I think coach uh, Fleming, uh, has assembled one and, and, you know, there's a quite a bit of uh, new blood uh, in, in the staff now uh, really enjoying that. I think the guys that have been here, uh, I'm like the offensive guys, obviously I'm spending more time with them, but Stefan Wheeler, Donovan Varner, Mike Flanagan, uh, Michael played for me in college. So I've known him for, since he was a 17 year old kid. Uh, you know, they, they're doing an unbelievable job. I mean, they're very, very good coaches. Um, and you know, so is the defensive staff, but, um, you know, it's been, it's been a lot of fun and, and, uh, we're excited about it. And then the players have, you know, they're hungry. They, they, they want 
they want structure, they want discipline, they want to be good. Uh, you know, so we're, we're going to give them the direction and, and they're doing everything we're asked, we've asked them to do. So now, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to getting them out on the field at some point and, uh, you know, seeing what they can do. Yeah, that's awesome. That's really cool. Is there like anything now that's going on with the Corona, like that you guys are doing? I don't know if you can answer this, but is there anything that you guys are doing that like you're kind of keeping contact with the team that you guys are doing like Zoom meetings or like, you know, like kind of yeah. like an OPA? Yeah. So, I mean, uh, since we were sent home, both sides of the ball, it's been pretty active Zoom meetings, uh, whether it be individual uh, with, with me, with the quarterbacks, or side of ball with the entire offense, or, you know, just the skill or just the offensive line. So uh, the entire staff's been very, very active with that. Uh, just recently gave them a, a pretty decent break. Um, but it, you know, it, it's been pretty active. We've got to obviously stay within all of the NCA regulations and rules, uh, which we're, we've, we've been doing. Um, so, you know, we're, we're all itchy to get out and, and do it, you know, live and, and in person. So, yeah, I know it'd be great. I mean, like hopefully this thing eventually passes and there's some kind of cure and then we can get back to, you know, normal life and like back to sports and watch our football and our our basketball but like what are your thoughts about like you know the the vision and pushing the games back to like fall and stuff uh you mean pushing them back to the spring yeah spring yeah yeah yeah, yeah sorry <laughs> Jeez, yeah, 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 no problem. Uh, i mean i i think um it is what it is yeah i think i don't think there's a person in in uh in the profession that would say that that they don't want to play right now yeah yeah uh, but it makes sense um, it seems like every time you turn on the, on the TV, there's something new that they're finding out about, you know, the virus. Um, so I think it's, you know, better safe than sorry. Uh, and it, it's not canceled, it's postponed. So yeah. we're postponing it. Uh, you know, it's going to be a little bit different deal for everybody. Um, you know, come, come, you know, January, February of 21. Um, but you know we'll we'll make we'll control what we can control and make the most of it and uh, we've got to maximize our time now uh, until the that season starts um, to to make ourselves better and really improve and that's how we're approaching it with the players is uh, hey this this is this is time that we need to take advantage of uh, obviously new brand new offense coordinator brand new defensive coordinator uh, so there's a lot of uh, pieces to to you know, put together as far as the puzzle goes. Uh, so we need to be, make sure we, we can't waste the day. That's true. That's really, is there like any event, do you, like I said, if you can't answer, I understand what the, like, I know about like college rules, but like, are there any advantages do you think to like advantages and disadvantages to like the season being pushed back until, you know, the spring or. Yeah. I, you know, I don't know about advantages. I, I I'm <laughs> viewing it purely from a, you know, the big picture standpoint, as far as safety and all that, um, no one wants to be, you know, the program or the school to have anyone get seriously, seriously affected by that. Yeah. Uh, uh, so that's all I'm really looking at it as, um, not having spring ball, not being able to, you know, install, install the offense. I think pushing it back definitely helps us now. Yeah. Um, from that standpoint, as long as we can get out on the field this fall and, and get some practices in. All right. Cool. 
that's really cool. Yeah, hopefully, you know, it works out for you guys. You guys can take full, you know, advantages, and, like, we'll see. Hopefully, you or I, football will be back on the map with Good. you and Coach Fleming on at the helm. And, yeah, and that's the goal. Let's see what happens. But I got to ask you, I got two more questions, and then we'll wrap yeah. it up. Uh, first off, how does it feel to have a couple of your own players get drafted into the NFL? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a little bit different. You know, they're, they're not my guys because I never coached them. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I didn't – you know, I came in after they, they had finished up. Yeah. Uh, so, I didn't – I got on board here in, in officially in January. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, so yeah. Those, those weren't my guys. Uh, but I'm very happy for them. Very, you know, obviously uh, using that in recruiting uh, as far as being able to, to tell people, hey, we had a fifth-round draft pick who was an underclassman. We had three other guys signed pro contracts to, you know, the right tackle signed with Canada, the left tackle with the Giants, and then uh, obviously Parker with the, with the Cowboys. Uh, so I don't know those guys, but, yeah. you know, from a pro- program's perspective, being able to say that I think is, is, uh, is a great selling point as far as the school and the program itself. That's awesome. That's really cool. And are you uh, a Patriots fan, or what was your favorite oh, football on. team? Come on. Come on, dude. <laughs> <laughs> come on. <laughs> Patriots, Celtics, Red Sox, let's go. I love it. I love Bruins. it. Coach. I love yeah. it. What do you think about Cam Newton? What do you think about him? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it's the, the, in my it's a typical Bill Belichick move. Uh low risk, high reward. Uh one year deal. Uh if he starts to play like the MVP version of Cam Newton, then you know, I would expect before the end of the season to have an extension in place and we're off and running. Uh, if he struggles and, you know, Stidham, you know, is, is in the mix, then, well, it's one and done for Cam and away we go. Yeah. Uh, but it, it's, it's definitely a Bill Belichick move. It's, uh, I think it, it's gotten some people excited. Uh, you know, you, I don't know if you saw on Twitter, you got him and Edelman out there working out on, on tw- you know, clips of that on Twitter and everyone's <laughs> going crazy. So it'll be, it'll be interesting to see. So, you know, but yeah, Pat's all the way. But be honestly, I'm still going to root for for Brady and Gronk down in Tampa Bay, uh, as long as it doesn't affect us at all. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, now if they met in the Super Bowl, what do you do? Oh, that's, that's no question. You know, it's Patriots all the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's get number seven. I love it. I love it, Coach. Well, thank you for your time. Thank you for making time for me and coming on my podcast. It means a lot to me. Uh, and, you know, I'm glad that we could do this. Hopefully it can catch a game when, you know, football starts getting back and see you at the URI games. Absolutely. I appreciate it, Jeff. Thanks for having me. All right, Coach. Have a good one. You too. Thank you. That was my interview with Coach Patrick Murphy, URI's offensive coordinator. Great interview with Coach Murphy. I really hope you guys enjoy that episode and that interview, talking to Coach Murphy and really getting to know him and the outlook of the upcoming URI season. I think URI is in great hands with Coach Murphy and Coach Fleming. Coach Murphy is just a football, football guy overall. A lot of fun talking with him. Uh, Next week's episode, I'm going to bring to you another great interview, a special guest. Uh, head coach uh, Brian Football, Coach Chris Merritt. Awesome interview with Chris Merritt. We're going to get more football talk with him. Just a great time to talk football and see what's going on. Um, but I really hope you guys enjoyed today's interview with Coach Murphy. Remember, you guys can watch the interviews on YouTube. Search it. Uh, search the Roadie Runback on YouTube, and you can watch each inter- interview from there. But that wraps it up for today. I hope you guys have a safe week and a safe weekend, and we'll see you on Monday.